This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. you by bet online i'm kayla anderson alongside my co-host joshua perry and we of course are celebrating our 80th 8-0 episode of press pass which is pretty cool um but this has been a very tough past few days in our country um george floyd of course killed while in police custody uh, this past week another senseless act that cannot continue to happen um and blue wire is donating five thousand dollars to black lives matter and four other organizations, our company, of course, uh, will not stand to um, have racism and continued brutality from the police. So uh, just getting that statement there off the top. And I know, Joshua, uh, for you and I know in Columbus, uh, it was it was definitely a city that that did protest. And um, what what was it like up there this past week? Um, tenuous would probably be the word to describe it. And, um, you know, it was. I'll, I'll talk about that and then I'll just talk about my overall um, thoughts on this because it's it's something that it's 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 weighed heavy on my heart for mm-hmm. the last week but um Columbus I mean it started off really on Friday it was it was very peaceful and then of course the sun goes down and crazy things start to happen and we saw the rioting and we saw the looting here um, Saturday it got off to just a, a terrible start um, 11 a.m. Um, Congresswoman Joyce Beatty, County Commissioner Kevin Boyce, and City Council President Shannon G. Harden um, were involved in an incident where they got they got tear gassed. It's 11 a.m. on a Saturday, and um, CPD's out in full force, and they've got um, their full riot gear on, and, and absolutely to protect themselves. But I just feel like um, starting the day off, you know, looking like a, a, a military and a militia rather than a police force, um, just really took things up a level. And our city experienced some things it really didn't need to experience. And mm-hmm. I think overall, it's a manifestation of pain and grief throughout the community. And, and, you know, obviously in the Black community, we feel that pain and that grief. And it's been felt for decades, for generations, for centuries here in America, um, but also within other communities now who are starting to wake up to it. But, um, you know, in, in 
defense of the police officers too. Um, a lot of a lot of those folks in that profession feel like they're under attack um, just with the way that some of the protests have gone off. So we find ourselves in this country um, in a really unique spot uh, where there is division, where people are at odds, and truly on both sides of the aisle, there is a a complete lack of leadership, um, which is probably the most disappointing thing to me. Now, I will say just on a personal standpoint, this has been something that I have not been able to shake. I, I haven't slept very well. I have, I mean, in, you know, I, I ask my, my white friends all the time. I'm like, okay, so throughout this last week, have mm-hmm. you guys been able to stop thinking about this and do other things? And many of them would say yes. For me, for my fiance, for my mom and dad, for my brothers, for, for her father, who's an African-American male, for her younger brother, we, we have not been able right. to let go of this. We haven't been able to stop and do anything else and, and invest all of our energy and our efforts and our thoughts into something else. And it's because we live with this feeling every day. Yep. And we talk about it, especially for young black males, the talk, you know, most people think about the birds and the bees. And for us, it's what to do when you're confronted by law enforcement. And it's not to say that all police officers are bad, but there is a history in this country of negative altercations between African-American citizens and police officers. And Um, My grandmother, my dad's mom is 93 years old. She's still alive. And she tells a story about how she used to drive from uh, her part of the the city. She grew up in Patterson, New Jersey. She would drive from Patterson, New Jersey to to Hackensack for work. And on the way to work, she would pick up a white woman. And it's Route 4 in New Jersey, my dad said, was notorious um, for police officers harassing African-American citizens. And they would pull you over if you were even driving remotely fast, if you didn't use a turn signal. You know, if you looked over and it looked suspicious, they were pulling you over. And the one day she didn't pick up her coworker and the police pulled her over and they said, you know, I need to see your license and registration and, and what's your license plate number. And is this even your car? Because the police officer was harassing her as if she had stolen her white coworker's car. And it was my grandmother's car to yeah. begin with. Um, yeah. Now, again, this is a 93-year-old woman we're talking about. My dad grew up in the 50s and 60s and we're still seeing some of these same events going on in 2020. And the question for us is, when is it going to stop? And then the other question is, when are more people going to join in? And I've been very encouraged because we've seen the community jump in on this. We've seen Black people, white people, Asian, Hispanic, male, female, does not matter. We've seen people join in. But how are you going to use your voices? And how will you continue to use your voices? Because this is something you could let go of. And you know, it is what it is. For us, we live with it daily. And so my challenge, and we talked about this openly on the show, right? It's, it's easy for me in, in the same profession that you're in to do what I do. It's a lot harder for you. There are more barriers. And mm-hmm. that is the same issue that we're fighting. For Black people, there are more barriers, there are more obstacles. And so my duty within this industry is to advocate on behalf of women like you who are great at their job, they do what they do, and they deserve opportunities. And for, for people who are privileged, it is your duty to advocate on behalf of people who don't have the same entitlements and the same privileges. Um, And I'm I'm fired up right now, but I just felt like I had to get that off my chest. But, you know, we we really need to figure out what the heck is going on here because we can't stand to see not just people dying at the hands of police officers, but we can't have the riots. We can't have the looting. We can't have the division. We can't have the strife. We can't have the pain. We're done with it. We need to move past it. Yeah, and and very well said, uh, Joshua. And that's why I think it was important for you to to speak, coming from an African American male um, who is going through this. You know, I'm not. I am. am 
I'm a white Caucasian female, but at the same time, um, I've always kind of felt, you know, your guys' pain in, in a different way from, from the sideline, I guess you could say, because I, I work um, in this business every day with all sorts of races. Um, I've been covering sports since I was, you know, 18 years old. And before that, I, you know, was around the sports world. And it, it to me, just to see this go on in our country is, um, it, it's painful. And um, I think it's, it, it is good that we're seeing, I, I, it's sad that it takes something like this, um, that it had to have been, you know, videotaped. And because this is, this has happened before. Okay. Um, yeah. but it, it, it took something like this for, for a lot more people to open up their eyes. And, and I'm grateful that those people are opening up their eyes, but it, it shouldn't have taken this long, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, and it, and it cannot continue to happen. And so I just think with those people out there, you, you just have to at least be a voice. This is not a time to not say anything. This is a time to speak what needs to be said. It doesn't matter what your race is. Um, this was, this was not something that can happen again. And, um, um, so that, that's my take on it from all I can do. I can't, you know, I can do so much, but that's kind of my perspective coming from, from my side of things. No, and I, I can 100% appreciate that. And I'll, I'll say a couple of things and then we'll, we'll continue on with the show. Um, I've had a lot of people reach out and, you know, ask how I've been doing and, and, you know, how can I help? And a lot of what I've been getting is I don't understand this, but I still want to be a part of it. And and my response a lot of times is it's not for you to understand, yeah. um, but it's absolutely for you to be involved. So I appreciate all the folks who are like that. And your involvement, yeah. I think, starts with, you know, talking to your friends about it. And, and you know, because you specifically brought up a great point being in sports. Um, you're, you're around such a diverse group of people, you know, from rich to poor, from black to white and everything in between. And so a lot of the guys that I played ball with, we can have these conversations and they can, they can resonate. They won't understand, but it will resonate because they've seen some of the things firsthand. Yeah. My advice to people like that is within your own personal bubbles, because we all live in bubbles, you know, educate your friends, you know, Hey, you know, mm-hmm. maybe you guys haven't seen it because you haven't been a part of this. But when I was with my my X, Y, and Z boys in college, we saw this, that, and the third. These things do exist. And, and we have a role that we can take up actively in preventing those things from happening. I think it's really important. But um, again, sports, I think, is one of the great catalysts. And, and Colin Kaepernick was trying to tell us for years about how bad this issue was. And we saw it um, manifest over this last week. But also just the voices, and we'll talk about some of these voices coming up here um, that have have made a strong stand and have really um, championed what's going on right now in a positive light, I think is very important. Well, and that is the thing. And you brought up sports and, you know, even if, if you haven't experienced it firsthand or, or from, you know, a relative or whatever, um, a lot of these young men uh, in these locker rooms of all races, um, they, they come together. They, they, they understand each other because they work together for one goal. And I know not everybody gets along, but you have to respect your teammates. And I think a lot of the statements that we saw come out this past week from, um, athletic programs to coaches, a lot of them were saying, you know, I wish our country, was something like what we deal with every day, like a team, you know, that we all work together and we love one another because, um, gosh, wouldn't that make everything so much more easy if that's Mm -hmm. how we all were. Um, so I guess it was, it was really good to see some of these 
statements and you're seeing all over for the from the past few days now i mean they're coming from every university um i've seen so many individual obviously um athletes and coaches put out statements uh one that stood out to me was of course derek mason here the head coach at vanderbilt african-american head coach who um is just a, a great person, uh, a great coach. Uh, his players really love him. He he has one of one of the most passionate guys I've ever seen, and he 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 is there to make his players good on and off the field. And um, he you know put out a long statement. If you want to read it, definitely check it out on his Twitter page. But the moral of the story was you know uh, we we you know, we can't continue to have something like this happen. I mean, we have all these young men in this locker room from all different backgrounds and we come together and, you know, we're a united team. We're a united front. We love one any, one another. And it's just sad to see that this is, this is still a reality in the country, you know? And so I think like, guys like him coming out with these types of statements is really good. And then you had, I know Trevor Lawrence quarterback at Clemson. He was like one of the first guys I saw come out and tweet about this. Um, he was very passionate about that um, and put a, tw- a statement out on Twitter. So I just think it was good to see at least these people coming out individually and making it, it known that this is not right. This cannot continue to happen. No, I agree 100%. And, and the fact of the matter is, um, there. I think there's a responsibility when you are in such a space where you have so many followers and, and you, yeah. you can relate now to your teammates who maybe you didn't grow up like, but they're your brothers. Um, and, and you have to be uh, an advocate for your brothers. Um, and so it's great to see. I'm just, you know, not to get into it, but like Trevor Lawrence, great job. But where's your coach at? You know, like, well, and I was just, I, I was just going to say that, yeah, that yeah. And you go into recruits living rooms and you sell yep. family and you sell, um, faith and you sell all these beautiful things yep. and you choose now to be silent Yep. on Nick, Nick Saban came out. Um, yeah. I mean, at this point you, you have to, you know, and, and, and I, I would like if, if, you know, I don't know if any future recruits listening to this, but that's very telling It's absolutely telling. Yep. I mean, no, I completely agree. You can't hide from it. So, you know, I, I, I appreciate obviously people being vocal about this topic, but I think the silence is as telling as anything else. If anybody hasn't made a statement um, that's in a prominent role, you're the highest paid state employee. Um, You're supposed to be able to take the lead on these things. This is kind of off the topic, but I was actually going through Twitter and then this just popped up and I saw it this morning on Good Morning America. Did you see the, um, this is like a good thing, actually. There was there there was like a lot of good peaceful protests that happened in the past few days. Let's not forget about that. There was a officer in Flint, Michigan, mm-hmm. who laid down everything, right? Gear batons and um, said, I'm here to march with you guys. I don't know if you saw that, but it's really, it's really cool. It was really, I, it was, it really kind of struck me. No, it's important that that happened. And, and, you know, again, like Flint, especially because they still have issues with their water. And I don't know how many people are still tuned in with that. They need as much solidarity and positivity as they can get. And that's how a lot of these communities are too. Like people are sitting, you know, I I live out in the suburbs, one of the the more wealthy communities in, in all of the state of Ohio, 
you know, strong school system, great economic base, the whole deal. And folks are sitting back and they're saying, well, you're destroying this and you're destroying that and all this, that, and the third. And it's like, you know, these people are dealing with a lot just on a day-to-day basis. And a lot of them don't have a lot to begin with. And, and especially in the case of Flint, Michigan, like we're still trying to figure out how to make sure these people can drink clean water. They needed that type of leadership and they needed that that show of solidarity right there, probably just for the spirit and the morale of the city in general. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I just thought that was a good moment that we need to see a lot more of those moments in a time like that. So I know that was a little bit off topic, but um, I did want to bring that up. Well, here's the thing. There is no shortage of action going on with our exclusive partner, Bet Online. Uh, NASCAR is back and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events and sports you can get in on. Uh, you can still be on simulated NFL, NBA and UFC events 24-7 or you can participate in a 10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament. Uh, you can enter in that for free. And then live right now on Bet Online's YouTube channel, you can find exclusive interviews with ex-Chicago Bulls uh, Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss, of course, that Michael Jordan documentary on what they are all calling the final dance. Uh, visit betonline.ag, use that promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online waging solution. So within all of everything that went on last week, um, there was this little bit of news that came out. The Power Five conferences pretty much came together, Joshua, and they're like, we want to take some action here because nothing is happening. And so they're asking Congress to move forward with everything that's going on regarding compensation for college athletes. They're pretty much saying, Joshua, that the NCAA is dragging their feet. And I am not surprised. It's the NCAA. Right? If they weren't dragging their feet, that would be a surprise. No, I I think it's a a very positive thing. Um, I think where it gets to be a challenge is um, when you don't have some of the federal legislation um, and, and states can still come up with their own individual rules. But I think at a certain point where federal legislation comes out, I think that the states should defer to that. And then maybe, um, you know, different jurisdictions might have um, different things that they would want to abide by just off of how their local statutes are, are written. But for me, I think this is a great step. I think it's very positive. Um, obviously, it's been a long time coming with this, but you know, student athletes now, um, as we get closer to this and as it becomes a little bit more imminent, they should start educating themselves. Um, they should start uh, learning what these deals might look like and learning how to manage money and learning um, what it means to be a 1099 employee uh, mm-hmm. who has to file taxes um, and, 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 and doesn't have any of their earnings withheld and they'll have to pay at the end of the year. Like all these things that become, you know, important in making money. So, uh, but, you know, kudos for the, for the power five on um, pushing this forward and, and not waiting, but really forcing the, uh, forcing the issue there. Well, yeah, it's like, okay, the NCAA can come out and say, okay, this is, this is what we're doing now, but it, it that's one thing to do that. But then it's another thing to actually move forward and try to get everything Uh, lined up in terms of how this is going to happen because you had mentioned this and we talked about this on a previous podcast there is a lot that goes into educating these young men and women when it comes to what they're in for um, now that there's money involved and there i in my opinion needs to be some sort of a class that you you know have to take 
um, just to educate yourself on the, the, like you said, all the stuff that comes with the money. And I know not everybody is getting, you know, money, but there is going to be people that need to be educated. And it's on, I think, each individual program to have something to be able to do that. Because if not, we're just going to have things happening all over the place. It's just going to be a mess. No, education has got to come first in this. And it's very complicated. And why it's complicated is because um, everybody has um, a different relationship with money and everybody has a different background too. And I, I don't think that this education is um, it won't be comprehensive enough if they can't kind of tailor make some of the content to how people relate to money and to what people's previous relationship with money was growing up, etc. Um, so I'm I'm definitely looking forward to to kind of how they put it together because it's going to be important uh, for these student athletes to make sure that they are protected, which is first and foremost. And you know, I we learned this in the league, and I, I think it's true for just about everywhere else, but. Uh, when your financial house is in order, I feel like you can do all of your day-to-day things better. You go to, to work with less stress. You come home with less stress. You're able to hang out with friends and not be worried. Um, the last thing you want for these guys is to have some financial troubles or to be worried about money. And then they're, they're not performing on the football field and their grades are dropping. Yeah. You know, the young ladies going out there and, uh, you know, they're, they're not showing up to practice because they're worried about whatever's going on would yep. be a shame. Now, let me throw this at you. I don't know if we talked about this on the show. My older brother graduated from Ohio State with a music degree, and then he went on to do his master's in uh, music at Cal State Long Beach. Um, I had a really close friend my freshman, sophomore year at OSU who was a dance major. You know, in in saying that, there are folks whose uh, majors are, you know, their their hobbies, and they want to make a career out of these activities that we would consider extracurriculars. So why not have like a football major or a basketball major or a baseball major. And part of that major coursework for athletes that should select it would be um, how to run their own personal brand as an athlete. And in, in, in other yeah. coursework too, you know, media training would go in there and, you know, potentially how to run an athletic department, um, you know, how to run a, a finance department of a professional organization, um, you know, just all these different things that intersect with athletics. But I feel like at this point, um, you know, these 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 athletes are now going to become brands in a lot of ways. And most of them are interested in playing football. And if they don't want to play football, they want to coach football. And if they don't coach football, they want to get into sports media. Why not make it why not make it a major where they will be engaged and they would be interested? And it, it has some some real life value, um, because then if, if you get a football major and, you know, you graduate and your degrees in football and you don't do anything in football, you could always get a sales job. That's what I do right now. Um, I, I make pretty good money and I enjoy it. So, um, just, just throwing that out there. I don't know what you think about that. No, that's not, I mean, I don't think that's too far out of, out of something, the realm that could actually happen. I I think that it, it's something that if you're involved in, in just, you have a passion for sports, um, whether or not you're on the field, eventually sometime that's going to come to an end, like you said, um, and you're going to want to be able to be ready for the next step in life. And so, you know, you could tie that into sales, you could tie that into something with numbers, you you know, you could tie that into even being your own, you know, an agent. Um, and so I think it's, it would be cool to kind of get some of this integrated into an actual class that you can get credit for 
I mean, I think anybody could kind of learn something from that. And, and then just like the money aspect of things too, and just learning how to manage. Sure. I mean, listen, I could have benefited from that in college. I'll tell you that much, Joshua. So I think that's a great idea. And I really don't think that that's too far fetched to tell you the truth. No, I don't think it should be too far fetched. Um, I, I, and you know, I, I think a lot of people would laugh at it, but I, I do think that there is a real life value, um, not only while the, the student athletes are in school, but also for when they leave school um, to be able to focus coursework in something that they've dedicated their lives to up to this point. You know, we, we let musicians do it. We let dancers do it. We let, you know, a lot of folks come into to, to college and get these degrees that people would say are superfluous and don't have a, you know, a true fit into society yeah. anyway. I yeah. feel like this would actually have some sort of benefit for these student athletes. Yeah, no, I think that's great, man. I, I maybe you should pitch this to maybe pitch it to Ohio State and let them run with it first, right? No, I think they should. Honestly, it'd be a, I mean, the perfect place to do it. It really would. Um, okay, I'm 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 gonna maybe have you pitch something to to them. I'm Love just it. saying. I like the idea, Joshua. Well, before we go, I was uh, reading some articles today, and I came across one that was labeled Big Ten Strength of Schedule Rankings, and I thought of you. And so I was interested to see, you know, who they thought had the toughest schedule this season. And at the top, it's Michigan State, Maryland, and Michigan. Towards kind of more of the bottom is Ohio State at number 10. So this is all based on numbers and obviously – um, I'm not good with numbers, Joshua, but this was half of the NCAA football for CBS. It was an article written by them, um, and it goes through kind of each conference or each team in the conference, and then kind of says overall, you know, how tough it is compared to the other ones. So I don't know if you've really looked at a lot of these schedules for these Big Ten teams, but would you say that that's fair in where you're hearing these rankings? So this is this is a reality of the situation. Um, you know, you look like, okay, Ohio State is 10th in the conference in the strength of schedule, but like Ohio State doesn't play Ohio State who's going to be the best team. So like, right. you know, they, that's not going to boost up their schedule. Like literally every team they're going to play on their schedule is worse than them. So, yeah. you know, like I think that's part of the deal. You, you see Big Ten East teams too. It's like, okay, Michigan State, you're obviously, you're playing Ohio State, you're playing Michigan you're, you're playing Penn state, Maryland, you're playing Ohio state, Michigan, Penn state, you know, it's like, that's a part of the deal. Um, and, and so that's number one. Number two is ask Clemson what they think about strength of schedule. Cause let me tell you, I know when you win all your games, it doesn't matter. It literally doesn't like you would want to have the 10th toughest schedule in your conference. If you're Ohio state, because you're going to win all of your games regardless of how tough the competition is anyway. You might as well do it with the least resistance and be as fresh as possible when you get to the playoff. Well, and then I know too that, and this this is probably going to hurt them too, because from everything I'm hearing, they're not going to probably, I mean, maybe they are at this point, but when we were talking weeks ago, it was, there was talk about not playing those non-conference games. And I know that Ohio State obviously is playing a big non-conference game against Oregon. And that would mm-hmm. be the second week of the season, which I don't know what's going to happen with that right now. We just haven't heard enough from college football with any updates on everything on anything. So maybe that will still happen. 
But, you know, things like that, I'm sure are going to start to hurt some of these, you know, quote unquote, preseason kind of rankings of what the strength of schedule is, because then everybody's schedule is going to be messed up. Right. And that's the toughest part about it. And, you know, for a lot of teams, well, it could be a double edged sword because some teams that play FCS schools are like, dang, you know, who really, you know, it's it boosts up their strength of schedule not playing them. But, you know, you, you want that game so you can kind of you know, have that little fluff in there. Um, but for a school like Ohio State, that that is definitely a knock. And we talked about this ad nauseum, but that's that is a measuring stick, whether you win or lose the game. That's it one is. of the games yeah. that the committee will talk about all year when they're making comparisons of playoff teams. So that's the toughest yep. part about it. Yeah, no, it is. And, and again, we're still, we're still a little ways out in terms of, of, you know, really getting into the details about this. Cause we just don't know enough right now about the college football season. I mean, it looks like we're going to play it, it, We just don't know, you know, how many games we don't know about anything in terms of fans. I've heard a lot of, a lot of people talk about there are going to be fans. It just might be half capacity. Sure. So it, it's going to be interesting. We're sure going to have a lot to, to talk about here in, in the months to come. I'll tell you that much, Joshua, because it's all going to come at once. Oh, it is. You know, and it, including other sports. I mean, there's. It, it seems like July is kind of the target date for all of these leagues starting up again. So it's going to hit us at once. We're not going to know like what to do with ourselves because we're going to have so much stuff to watch. So. Stay tuned because I, we will be updating you on everything that comes here um, with college football and how how kind of it's going to play out this upcoming season. Well, before we go, uh, I did want to mention just some some fun happy news because I know you know this. Sometimes some of our podcasts are a little more serious, which I think needs to be sometimes when things in our country go on like you know have things go on like this. I think this is a platform for. Uh, um, us both to kind of speak our minds, which I think we are pretty much on the same level on, on a lot of things. So I, I put a uh, Instagram up of uh, me and my weakness, which is like gummy candy. So either sour gummy candy or gummy candy of like Swedish fish, you know, gummy bears. Um, those ones were those Harbo, Harbo? is it Harbo? I gummies. Know. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's that the really good brand or whatever. And they're like I'm sour gummies. So good. Yeah. And it just in the pack said share size. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, share size in what world is anyone thinking <laughs> that this is a share size? Like I will destroy this thing like in a matter of an hour. Yeah. And I did. And you, you had commented and were laughing and and so I, we got into a conversation about, about, you know, our favorite gummies and he sent me back Swedish fish, which is also one of my weaknesses. I can't even buy them that much because I will finish a whole bag of them within like a, probably a few minutes. I'm not yep. joking. Yep. So, I mean, so Swedish fish are your top, top notch well, when it comes to mm, that? No, actually. So I'm, I, I love sour candy. I'm with you. Oh, um, you do. Okay. Sour okay. And gummy. So um, you know, sour gummy worms, sour gummy yep. bears, whatever it yep. is. So this is the aftermath of my Swedish fish for everybody listening out there. Spinach. <laughs> I killed the pack. That is great. That is absolutely. See, you got proof there that it's gone. Um, mine, I took me about, it took me a few hours to finish that yesterday, but that's because I was snacking on cookies in between. Ooh. So um, it just, just it, self-care. It, it was one of those days, Joshua, and yeah. I, you know, I work out every day, so I can, right. you know, sorry, folks, 
yeah. I can do what I want. That's how um, I feel too. I, right. You, you get to like treat yourself that way and you don't feel guilty. I do want to, I, I want to bring up a thing cause you're talking about Swedish fish. Tell me what you would do if, if this were to happen to you. So I'm kind of like a person when I'm covering my teams that I cover in my city, I, I get to know these people, right? I mean, you're in the locker room, you take time to go sit down, have a conversation. Hey, so in, how the, how'd your PAC 12 team do this week? I think it's such an important part of uh, being a reporter and gaining that trust. Mm -hmm. So that's always been something I've done no matter where I've been. Well, this was the first professional team in terms of the, um, in, in terms of football that I covered the Titans up here. And I, this is going to be my fourth season. It's crazy to say that covering them. Um, so I've really gotten to know a lot of the guys in the locker room. And I do this segment um, for our show. That's every week. It's called TN nation. And I do a segment called the two minute drill. And it's just a time where you can just get to know that player as an individual, have some fun, get to know who their favorite artists are, what their favorite food is. And it really has, it's been a fun thing for, I think, the players and myself to share um, that kind of stuff. So this past year, I decided to do some digging and I found out some of these guys' favorite candy. Ooh, wow. And what I would do, and the first one was, was hilarious because it was Halloween time. And I found out his favorite candy and it was Swedish fish. And so at the end of the, the interview, I said, okay, well, before we go, since it is Halloween, I do have to ask you, what is your favorite candy? I said, and I hope you get this right. And he said, Swedish fish. I pulled out a thing of Swedish fish. He about lost it. He said, this is the greatest interview ever. And it was hilarious. The, the locker room was rolling and it was great. So if you, somebody were to hand you Swedish fish in the I mean, what would you do? Would that I'd be your reaction? Them. Yeah. Right? Uh, I, I would just, I would eat them on camera probably. Um, yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm, you know, this is not a joke that I shouldn't say, but like I, I would be the kid that you could lure away with a nice <laughs> candy, yeah. you know, give me some Skittles yeah. and I'm probably wandering. And as a 26 year old adult, I'm easily got the same way. Like somebody could throw me in their truck right now if they had the right candy for me. Um, so yeah, no, I would have smashed it right there in the locker room. Yep, it, it was great. It was just, it, it's it's amazing to see what people will do when they get their favorite candy. And I'm the same way. I, I'm just like, I'll go into a, like a gas station or, you know, a like a pharmacy or whatever. And you just have that craving and you know right what to go to. And it's like, once you have it, it's just like, yes. It's just that great feeling of I can open up this gummy and, you know, I'm, I'm good for the day. That's I'm how good. I feel when it comes to Absolutely. that. So just thought we'd end on a, on a sweet note there. Uh, no pun intended. So that does it for this episode of Press Pass. It is our 80th episode. So I encourage you to uh, cheers with whatever your beverage of choice is tonight. Um, because it is 8-0. It's a big episode. Yeah, we, and we were drinking breakfast martinis. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> making our own breakfast martini. Um, So you guys can join along whenever you decide to listen to this podcast this week. Hey, give us a cheers. Uh, We appreciate all the listeners out there for following along with us. I know we've gotten a lot of new listeners and we really appreciate you guys for subscribing. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do. You can go to um, Apple Podcasts and just type in Press Pass there and just hit that subscribe button. Give us a rate and review. You can follow us on Instagram at Press Pass Pod. That is when... We tell you when our episodes come out, usually Monday or Tuesdays. And then you can follow me um, 
on Twitter and Instagram at Kayla Anderson TV and Joshua, who is always very active, um, who is, is a great person to go back and forth with. He will do that. He, he will answer your questions and he is not afraid to go uh, start a conversation. Where can they go to follow you, my friend? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at RIP underscore JEP. Um, just like Kayla said, I, especially, you know, some of these days I make my own schedule. I've got a little free time and I'm active. So I'll let yep. you. All right, guys, we appreciate you tuning in for another episode of Press Pass. We'll be back here next week. Until then, have a safe and have have a safe, great week. I should say that. And enjoy the sunshine if you have it wherever you are. Take care.